Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Good morning, standing firm. The sooner we can finish, the better. Despite growing pressure to extend the deadline, President Biden vows to have U.S. forces out of Afghanistan by the end of the month. But with the massive evacuation effort far from over, lawmakers on both sides of the aisle pushing back. Don't pick the date. Solve the problem. Make sure every American is out. This morning, the criticism facing the president, the growing crisis on the ground in Kabul, and the controversial secret trip there by two lawmakers, why they say the situation is even worse than they expected. Breaking news, Johnson & Johnson now recommending a booster for its single-shot vaccine. This as angry frontline workers voice their frustrations with COVID cases skyrocketing and hospitals running out of beds. It's complete devastation. Never seen anything like it. Extreme heat, brutal temperatures facing 60 million people from coast to coast today. Owls tracking where records may be set and how long this heat wave will last back in court. A key hearing in the infamous Scott Peterson case today. The convicted killer pushing for a new trial nearly 20 years after the murder of his pregnant wife. Peterson's family making the case he is innocent. There's evidence that was completely ignored that shows Lacey was alive after he left for the day. This morning, our one-on-one with his sister-in-law. All that plus close call. A small plane makes an emergency landing in the middle of a busy highway, hitting one couple's car. It's our anniversary today, so it's not how I expected our anniversary to go. Why officials say it is a miracle everyone made it out okay. And the soul of the Stones. Tributes pouring in to legendary Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts, with Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, and other rock royalty leading the way. Charlie was a rock um, and a fantastic drummer. We'll celebrate the man who was the backbone of the iconic band for more than 50 years. Today, Wednesday, August 25th, 2021. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And welcome to today. We're so glad you're with us on this Wednesday morning. Chanel's in while Savannah and Hoda continue to enjoy some time off. No one kept time, by the way, like Charlie Watts. We'll have more on his life coming up in just a bit. Good morning to you. It is going to be a hot one across much of the country today as we take a look at today by the numbers, starting with 10. That's the number of degrees above average some areas will reach today. Many cities now issuing heat advisories, urging residents to stay safe and indoors amid the brutally hot temps Al's full forecast coming up. Meanwhile, there's a troubling new statistic tied to COVID deaths now up 23% over last week across the country. This coming with the new report out just moments ago from Johnson & Johnson on its vaccine and the need for a booster shot. We're going to have the very latest on that. But we begin in Afghanistan, where we are now just six days away from that August 31st deadline to get out of that country. President Biden doubling down on his timeline as the push intensifies to get all Americans safely out. 
We have two reports this morning from the White House and Kabul. We'll start in Afghanistan. That is where we find NBC's chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel. Once again, Richard, good morning. Good morning. The race is now on to get people out of this country. The United States and other nations have already evacuated tens of thousands of Afghans, the equivalent of a small city. That itself is a massive logistical challenge. But now there's another problem, where to keep and house them all while their paperwork is verified and processed. The clock is running out on America's longest war. The Taliban stressing it's time for the U.S. to pack up and fly out. Now what may be the biggest airlift in American history is in full swing, finally working with spectacular efficiency. Transport planes and civilian aircraft brought in from around the world. The loading often done with care and compassion. But that doesn't always last once they land. There's a huge and ugly bottleneck at transit hubs. One of the main ones is at the U.S. base in Doha, Qatar. Thousands crowded in holding areas, temperatures well over 100 degrees a day. Qatari officials tell NBC News they want to help, but the defense and state departments are blocking with cumbersome bureaucracy. So Afghans are stuck in a terrible limbo, and no one seems to know how long they'll be here. We are uh, aware of what had been some uh, terrible sanitation conditions uh, at, at Qatar. Similar complaints about the Ramstein U.S. base in Germany. Sarah Fortin, the daughter of an Afghan translator, arrived in the U.S. after transiting through both of the American bases. It was kind of hard, especially when we were in Qatar because it was so hot there. I fainted four times in there and it was very scary. We, everyone thought they were going to die. Then in Germany, it was the exact opposite. It was very, very cold. People didn't have blankets. So yeah, it was, it was a nightmare. In Kabul, the Taliban are maintaining order and now discouraging, at times blocking, people from reaching the airport. Many Afghans were trying to leave even if they had no connection to the United States. Two days ago, the crowds at the airport looked like this. Now just a fraction of that. The Taliban have set up checkpoints all across Kabul. They don't want a terrorist attack by ISIS, their enemy, or anyone else to slow down the evacuation and keep the Americans in their country even one day longer. Richard, one of the chief concerns uh, over the past few weeks as the, the Taliban cements their, their, their rule has been the future of women, the future of girls there. Are we starting to get any indication of what that's going to look like moving forward? Well, mostly we are hearing what the Taliban says it will do. The Taliban has said that girls can go to school, that they can work, that they are not going to reimpose the burqa. They say that they do expect some sort of Islamic head covering, a veil, which is common in, across the Middle East and in many Muslim countries. And I can tell you, just across the street from where I am, a few minutes ago, I saw uh, a group of women. They did not have burqas on. They were a few yards away from Taliban fighters. The Taliban fighters were, were not harassing them. But these are still very early days. We will see how this progresses in the weeks, months, potentially years to come. And it hasn't really been tested yet because right now, most of uh, many women in this country seem to be at home. You're not seeing many women on the streets. 
Richard Engelforce once again on the ground in Kabul. Richard, thank you. President Biden's decision to hold firm on an August 31st withdrawal is drawing new criticism from lawmakers on Capitol Hill and world leaders who urged him to reconsider. Meantime, we're now learning that two House members made a secret trip to Kabul yesterday. NBC's Kelly O'Donnell is at the White House. Kelly, good morning. Good morning, Chanel. Consider the dangers and the desperation of thousands who want to get out. But a pair of congressmen decided this was time for them to go in, claiming they could conduct their own fact-finding mission. This morning, the White House advises against anyone, elected or not, attempting to go to Kabul. Officials say seats on planes must be for the evacuees. An unwanted surprise. A secret, unauthorized trip to Afghanistan by two congressmen who urge President Biden to extend that exit deadline. We are currently on a pace to finish by August the 31st. Democrat Seth Moulton and Republican Peter Major, both veterans, say they went to Kabul to conduct oversight and that from the ground, they believe evacuations cannot be finished this month. An administration official tells NBC News their visit was, quote, an unhelpful distraction. The president wants troops out in six days. Every day we're on the ground is another day we know that ISIS-K is seeking to target the airport and attack both U.S. and allied forces and innocent civilians. But world leaders urge the president to keep the airlift going during a virtual conference Tuesday with G7 countries. Mr. Biden says he wants options if more time is needed. I've asked the Pentagon and the State Department for contingency plans to adjust the timetable should that become necessary. The Taliban insists the U.S. must leave and threatens to block Afghans from fleeing. Republican lawmakers said the president should not let the Taliban dictate. Don't pick the date. Solve the problem. Make sure every American is out. Tens of thousands, mostly Afghans, already flown out of Kabul in the largest airlift in U.S. history. Some refugees arriving in Virginia with frightening stories about getting out. Most of the children, they were dying while they were entering to the airport. This morning, an unknown number of Americans are still trapped in Afghanistan, along with Afghan allies desperate to flee. And we have new figures out this morning that show 19,000 evacuated in the most recent 24-hour period. And that brings the total since August 14th to 82,300 individuals taken out of Afghanistan. Now, the number of Americans still at risk has not been disclosed. The president said he wants the Secretary of State to provide more on the fates of Americans today. Chanel? All right, Kelly O'Donnell at the White House. Thank you. Turning now to breaking news in the COVID fight, Johnson & Johnson out with new information on its booster shot. This as healthcare workers voice anger and frustration over some Americans who are refusing to get vaccinated. NBC's Gabe Gutierrez got an inside look at a packed COVID ICU in Tampa, Florida. Gabe, good morning. Greg, good morning. Ambulances often have to wait here outside of St. Joseph's or be rerouted to other hospitals because there's just not enough bed space. Now, many healthcare workers we spoke with say they're frustrated that more patients haven't been vaccinated. And today we're learning significant news from Johnson & Johnson about its booster shot. New this morning, Johnson & Johnson recommending a booster shot to their one-dose vaccine. The company releasing data supporting a booster eight months after the original shot. The government also recently recommended boosters for both the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. 
Still, some Americans haven't gotten any shots as COVID cases and frustrations rise. It's complete devastation. Never seen anything like it. Across the country, new infections are up about 12% over the previous week. Deaths up 23%. Here in Tampa, the BayCare Health System has about 1,200 COVID patients, shattering its previous record of 700 last summer. This is one of the COVID ICUs. There's 26 beds here, and right now 25 of them are full. A new CDC report finds unvaccinated people are five times more likely to be infected and 29 times more likely to be hospitalized. And yet most of the patients here have not gotten the shot. I, I went home last night and I was mad, you know, for Why? sure. We could have avoided this whole wave if more people in our country had gone and just gotten two shots. In Oregon, where yet another outdoor mask mandate takes effect Friday, doctors and nurses are also overwhelmed and fed up. I'm angry at, at everything. NBC's Portland affiliate KGW got exclusive access inside the ICU at two hospitals, where frontline workers say they're struggling to help the sickest COVID patients. This patient is still a full code, so we are still going to continue to do everything. Um, the unfortunate thing is we have nothing left to give. Nurse Emily Williams says the suffering stings more because COVID skepticism is still rampant. It kind of feels like the world just gaslighting you, like they don't believe your experience. I don't think people have an inkling of the amount of suffering that you will experience being sick with COVID. I mean, Gabe, your, your heart really has to go out to these healthcare workers who've been dealing with this for, for so long now. All of this coming amid a new and highly anticipated intelligence report as well on the origins of the virus itself. What more can you tell us about that? Yeah, Craig, according to the Washington Post, citing two officials familiar with the matter, President Biden just received a classified intelligence report that is inconclusive about the origins of COVID-19 and whether it jumped naturally from an animal to a human or whether it escaped from a lab in China. Now, NBC has not confirmed their report, but according to the Post, the intelligence community will seek to declassify portions of it over the next few days for potential public release. Craig? Gabe Gutierrez for us there in Tampa. Florida. Gabe, thank you. Tom Yamas joins us now as we turn to another major story this morning, the brutal heat. Yeah, right, guys. Good morning. Look, Good morning. it's August, right? So we expect it to be hot, but for tens of millions from coast to coast, today's temperatures could be dangerous. Excessive heat warnings and advisories are in effect for a huge portion of the country. We'll get to Al's forecast in a moment, but first, NBC's Shaquille Brewster is in Chicago, just one of the cities feeling that heat. Shaq, good morning. Hi there, Tom. Well, so many people are feeling the heat this morning from New York City to New Orleans to right here in Chicago during what has been a summer of extreme weather with the unrelenting rain and those record-breaking temperatures. Many people just saying they are over it. This morning, a sizzling summer heat wave is building across the country. Extreme temperatures stretching from the Great Lakes to the Gulf Coast into the Northeast. I got up and I got outside. I'm like, it's humid and it's scorching. Expected highs in some cities more than 10 degrees above average. Soaring temperatures and high humidity in Chicago, creating a crushing mix. That's really hot. Health departments urging caution as the risk for heat-related illnesses rise. Baltimore issuing a code red alert ahead of an expected triple-digit heat index. In Ohio, some schools without air conditioning sending students home. When you have a, a classroom that's 102, 103 degrees, you, you're really just surviving. 
stifling temperatures moving east, even as parts of New England are still cleaning up after Tropical Storm Henri's drenching rains. Out west, normally hot Arizona could see records shattered as temperatures soar. And as California's wildfires continue to rage, thick smoke is causing school shutdowns and canceled flights in nearby Nevada. All of this coming after July. That was the hottest month on record. Scientists saying climate change and the effects of it are creating the conditions for this extreme weather that include longer and hotter heat waves. Tom? All right, Shaq, for us this morning. Shaq, thanks so much for that. Guys, the heat, the wildfires, the yeah. floods. It's Absolutely. been wild out there. And on that note, yeah. let's uh, turn to Al now, who has more on the forecast. And as far as this heat is concerned, how long this will last? Well, Good we're going to get a break in the northeast coming into the weekend, but not so much for a lot of other folks. From the southwest all the way to the northeast of New England, we've got 64 million people right now under heat advisories, heat warnings as well. You'll see that basically we are looking at this upper-level high dome of high pressure that's pumping up moist, humid, tropical air. It's going to feel like 108 in St. Louis today. Cincinnati, 101. Same in Raleigh. Jackson, look at a high of it's going to feel like 104. For tomorrow, that heat continues in the northeast in New England. Boston's going to feel like 92. 107 in Monroe. St. Louis feeling like 104. We get a front that's going to push through this weekend into the northeast. So Portland, Boston, New York, all upper 70s to low 80s. But to the south of the front, temperatures stay into the 90s from Chicago, Pittsburgh, Roanoke, on into Washington, D.C. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Mr. Roker. Thank you, good sir. Still ahead here on a Wednesday morning, new developments in the infamous case of Scott Peterson fighting for a new trial 17 years after being convicted of killing his pregnant wife, Lacey. Natalie Morales will have the latest on a key hearing today and her revealing conversation with Peterson's family fighting to prove his innocence. Plus, we'll celebrate the life of drummer Charlie Watts, the so-called glue of the Rolling Stones. Carson takes a look at his legacy and the tributes led by Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, and other rock icons. But first, this is Today on NBC. In life, we're often driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search. It's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users, according to Indeed data. Need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code WELCOME to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code WELCOME at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com.
We are back at 7.30 with a special moment at the Little League World Series. Look at this, Monet Davis, the first girl to earn a win and pitch a shutout in the tournament back in 2014, tossing the ceremonial first pitch to this year's breakout star, Ella Brunning. Talk about girl power. She's just 12 years old, wow. little Ella. I was just reading a note this morning. Only the third girl to have multiple hits yeah. in yeah. Little League World Series. Also, the first girl to play catcher. In 20 years. Yeah, wow. we can't state that enough. That That is the toughest position on the diamond, and she is killing it there yes. right now. I We're going to hear from her, by the way, in our next uh, next half hour. First, let's get a quick check on your 730 headlines. The Supreme Court is ordering the Biden administration to reinstate a Trump-era policy that forces people to wait in Mexico while seeking asylum in the United States. The high court says that the administration likely violated federal law in its efforts to rescind the program, informally known as Remain in Mexico. A federal judge in Texas had previously ordered the program to be reinstated last week. Also, House Democrats last night passed a sweeping voting rights bill named after Representative John Lewis, the late civil rights icon. The legislation was approved along party lines with every Republican voting against it. The bill would create automatic voter registration across the country and make it more difficult for states to restrict voting access. The bill now moves to the Senate where it faces a steep climb. Now to a wild scene in California. A small plane makes an emergency landing on a busy freeway, even landing on a car on the way down. Look at this, it happened on Interstate 5 north of San Diego. Oh. Yes, you can see the plane coming in for a landing in the middle of traffic. It briefly landed on a car before clipping some other vehicles and skidding to a stop. The driver of that car is relieved. One. Not, it's our anniversary today, so it's not how I expected our anniversary to go, but I mean, we're, we're grateful that we're both alive and good. A few people suffered minor injuries and were taken to the hospital. Officials say the plane was having mechanical issues. The pilot tried to land at a nearby airfield, but was unable to make it. Fortunately, hey, everyone yeah. is okay. That's an yeah. anniversary yeah. I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah. For sure. All right, now to new developments in an infamous case in California that made headlines around the world. Yeah, Scott Peterson is serving life in prison for the 2002 murder of his pregnant wife, Lacey, and their unborn son. Today, Peterson has a new hearing where his legal team is going to continue fighting for a new trial, citing evidence of alleged juror misconduct in his case. NBC's Natalie Morales sat down with Peterson's sister-in-law, who's been leading the charge to prove he's innocent. Natalie, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Well, for years, Scott Peterson has argued his trial was flawed, claiming one of the jurors lied about her history of domestic abuse to get on the case and to convict him. Well, today, Peterson is back in court, attending virtually, though, from prison. The judge is expected to set a date to hear the allegations of juror misconduct, and if found, Peterson could get a new trial. Meanwhile, his sister-in-law, Janie, believes new evidence in the case will set him free. If he is given a new trial, do you think he'll be exonerated? Absolutely. I'm confident that Scott will never be convicted again. For nearly two decades, Janie Peterson has believed in her brother-in-law's innocence. Married to his older brother, Joe, Janie says she's known Scott since he was 13 and regularly talks to him in San Quentin State Prison, where he's been locked up for the past 16 years, found guilty of murdering his wife, Lacey, then eight months pregnant, and their unborn son, Connor. In 2003, their remains washed ashore just miles from where Peterson said he'd been fishing on Christmas Eve. 
Peterson's 2004 death sentence was reduced to life without parole last fall by the California Supreme Court, citing significant errors in jury selection. Now, Janey hopes evidence of alleged juror misconduct will win him a new trial and his freedom. There's evidence that was completely ignored that shows Lacey was alive after he left for the day. Much of the DA's case was based on Peterson's affair with massage therapist Amber Fry, who testified she had no idea he was married. How do you explain that he told Amber that his wife had died? There's nothing I can say to justify or explain that statement, but also there was no evidence that he had anything to do with what happened to Lacey, so... You don't believe an adulterer makes motive for murder? I don't, I don't think you can take that leap. To exonerate Scott, Janie's created this war room, each sticky note representing a new witness and a new theory of what happened to Lacey. You'll definitely see some of these witnesses called to testify in Scott's second trial. Janie says one key to their case lies with the Peterson's golden retriever, Mackenzie. At trial, a neighbor testified seeing the dog inside the Peterson's gated yard at 10.15 that morning. But Janie says when the mailman arrived around 10.30, he claimed the dog wasn't there. Evidence never heard in court that she says proves Lacey was alive and out walking the dog after Scott left the house. So if Peterson didn't kill Lacey, who did? Janie says the morning she went missing, evidence shows the house across the street was being robbed and Lacey had a confrontation with the burglars, a theory that was part of Peterson's trial and appeal, but rejected by the court. The men denied any involvement in Lacey's case and a police investigation cleared them. But Peterson's defense team will argue they killed her, then decided to frame Scott. So your theory is Lacey was kidnapped by the men who were robbing the house across the street, and then they disposed of her body 90 miles away where Scott happened to be fishing. A lot of people would say, well, that seems a little far-fetched. If you have an opportunity to get away with murder, you're going you're gonna to do it. At age 53, Janie is now back in school, getting her law degree. So if Scott gets a new trial, she can be part of his defense. And all it takes is, if there is a new jury, changing one mind on mm -hmm. that jury. Absolutely. We don't have justice. This crime is not solved. So, Natalie, what does the prosecutor think of the possibility of a new trial? Well, you know, the issue of juror misconduct is a serious one. Now, the juror in question had actually two instances in her past involving domestic violence, both when she was pregnant, which she did not disclose during the voir dire. The prosecutor's office, though, is standing by the verdict, however, saying they will fight against an attempt to overturn Scott Peterson's conviction. However, if he is granted a new trial, the prosecutor will seek life without parole rather than the death penalty. This is definitely one to be watching, guys, for sure. Natalie, thank you. All right, when we come back on a Wednesday morning, the music world and a slew of fans celebrating the life of a legend. Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts. Carson's going to join us for a look back at Watts' remarkable career, including his other passion, Beyond the Stones. That's right after this. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code WELCOME to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code WELCOME at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code WELCOME. We are back with Carson as we turn to sad news from the music world. Yeah, guys, good morning, everybody. From longtime fans to some of the music industry's biggest names remembering legendary Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts passed away in London yesterday. And while Charlie may not have been as flashy or as headline-grabbing as Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, he was the Stones' unwavering presence for decades. Tributes pouring in this morning for Rolling Stones drumming legend Charlie Watts. For more than 50 years, Watts was there alongside Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, and Ronnie Wood, drumming his way into rock history through thousands of sold-out stadium shows and more than 25 albums and decades of hits like Sympathy for the Devil, Gimme Shelter, and Satisfaction. Watts was always there keeping time for the Stones and doing it with style. He didn't always embrace the rock star lifestyle, but his love for music was unstoppable, Watts telling Today in 2012. I just love playing in a, in a band. I love playing the drums. One of the band's last public performances with Watts, playing You Can't Always Get What You Want from Quarantine. Offstage, Watts was a family man. He married his wife Shirley in 1964 during the early days of the Stones, and they had one daughter together. Charlie Watts' other longtime love was jazz. And in the 80s, he formed a jazz band and released several albums with the Charlie Watts Quintet. Mick Jagger and Keith Richards paying tribute overnight to the heartbeat of their band by posting photos, no words needed. Jagger capturing Watts' pure love of music. Richards posting this of a clothes sign hanging on a drum set. Elton John tweeting, Charlie Watts was the ultimate drummer and such brilliant company. Ringo Starr writing, we're going to miss you, man. And Paul McCartney posting this emotional video tribute. Charlie was a rock um, and a fantastic drummer. Love you, Charlie. I always loved you. While Watts was never one for the spotlight. If you have any questions, Charlie will answer as many of them as he He never lost sight of the enduring impact the Rolling Stones had on their fans and the music industry. What's really surprising is we've stayed together, you know, with all egos and lack of it and too much and whatever it is that make people what they are and uh, that people actually like you still. It's staggering, really. Charlie was destined to play drums. You know, he was given a banjo as a kid and he broke the neck off immediately, turned it upside down and turned it into a snare drum. Wow. His parents bought him a drum set. He was, uh, uh, he was you know, idolizing jazz musicians like Duke Ellington and Miles Davis when he was 12 years old. Remember, the Rolling Stones needed Charlie Watts. He didn't need the Rolling Stones. He was an accomplished drummer then. And they were, Keith Richards always famously said, we would shoplift to pay Charlie Watts, wow. making five pounds a week in 1963. But he was a family man, guys, in the, the debaucherous time of rock and roll in the 60s and 70s with Mick going out and, and Keith Richards and all the, the stories. It was Charlie who would go up to his hotel room alone. He was a graphic artist, graduated art school, worked on many of the sets and albums, and he would, and he would draw. And you got to think he balanced that band because you have Keith Richards, you have Mick Jagger, and then you have Charlie who's kind of quiet, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. A gentleman drummer. Absolutely. And, Very well said. And, and we have a gentleman forecaster here with us this morning as well. <laughs> well, let's see. We'll try to keep the beat as far as your weather's concerned. Let's show you what's happening. Unfortunately, we got uh, three beats too many in the tropics. We are watching especially this area just to the west of the Windward Islands. It's going to be looking at some development over the next five days right down into the Gulf. 
And in fact, as we put the European model and the U.S. model into motion, you can see that somewhere along the way, as we get into early next week, we may be looking at a tropical system making landfall somewhere between Louisiana and Texas. We're going to continue to watch this over the next several days. And that is your latest weather, Craig. All right, Mr. Rook. Thank you, good sir. Coming up, we are going to introduce you to the breakout star of this year's Little League World Series. And she just so happens to be the only girl competing in Williamsport. But first, his messages. Welcome back, Carson. What are you working on for Pop Star? Well, one of our favorite topics around here, Chanel. What is the song of summer 2021? What will it be? You'll have to stick around to find out. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC.